You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A wonderful conversation on the state of these Phoenix Suns today on Locked on Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and I am your host, Brendan Clean. You can follow our show on Twitter and on Instagram at Locked on PHX Suns, and you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan Clean 14. Dwayne Rankin is our guest today, joining the show to, as I said, give an update on where this, this team sits. 20 games in after a bad loss to the Pelicans on national television on Wednesday, we get into just about all of that game we dive into DeAndre Ayton and what's been up with him this season the the inconsistency the ups and downs where does he fall Dwayne had some great stuff there uh Dwayne also corrected me on why Jay Crowder maybe wasn't such a great option on Zion Williamson in this game as well as uh why this depth has not planned out the way that it should have for the Suns so plenty that we hit on in a, in a nice conversation. Dwayne has been great. I've had him on a couple times this season, and I definitely should keep doing that. I think you guys liked it as well, and he has awesome stuff every time, so you're not going to want to miss this one. If you're new to the show, hit the subscribe button, the follow button. It uh, doesn't stop coming. Every single morning, every single day of the week for you guys, I am here recapping games, having conversations like this one with guys around the market, and getting you everything you need to know. Rumors, news, analysis, everything about these Phoenix Suns. So hit that follow button, hit that subscribe button. And if you are a returning listener, welcome back. Go ahead and give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen. Tell a friend about the show. Tell your dad about the show. Tell your mom about the show. Tell the guy at work who doesn't stop talking about the Suns about our show. It's been a fun season. I think there's more coming. So I... Want to have as much fun with you guys as possible talking about this team. So there you go. Let's dive into my conversation with Dwayne Rankin without further ado. Joined now by AZ Central Sports beat writer Dwayne Rankin to join to talk to me about uh, this the sun stretch because it feels like we were just kind of uh, impressed, celebrating maybe Suns fans were about what happened Saturday and Monday, the beginning of this road trip, and then felt like a lot of the same problems came to roost on Wednesday night on ESPN against the Pelicans, Dwayne, where the, the team shot less than 25% from deep, uh, not getting to the free throw line all that much in the competitive part of the game, at least. And then Devin Booker and Chris Paul, another night in which they were not able to click at the same time together at a high level, which has been very few and far between this year. So when you look at last night, how does that fit into some of the same issues we've seen over the course of the season, and and why do you think those problems persist? Well, I mean, when you know, when Devin came back, obviously he's been out, so you know, you're looking at a situation where you know they're trying to to to, to still figure out the chemistry part. It wasn't like that went away; it just was they had a great game. And so, yep. you know, it was like, all right, well, you know, all problems are fixed in one game. Uh, so, but it looked, it looked that way. Like, oh, wow. Okay. They, they figured it out. 
Monty uh, Williams talked about how they blitzed Chris and then he gave it up and then they weren't making shots. And and so, you know, that's in the, he was talking about blitzing the pick and roll, which is what Chris is, 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 is great at. So, you know, it's like, all right, they were trying to find that balance that they've talked about before. Okay, let's run pick and roll, let's run to make offense, and then let's run plays. And so, you know, that, that obviously wasn't there last night. It's, it's just a matter of, you know, when you're not, when you're a team that believes that, that you got marksmen, you know, guys that can knock down threes and then not making threes, but then keep shooting threes. And one of the things that have been discussed before was, okay, you know, getting into the paint off the bounce. And, you know, they were watching some of the game last night. I mean, there was times where, you know, I mean, Cam Johnson threw up some crazy shot, but it went in, it was in the paint. And Mikael Bridges, you know, dribbles into the lane and shoots, shoots a mid-range in the lane. And, it, you know, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good shot. And he made those shots. I mean, you know, you're shooting 0 for 7 from 3. Like Mikael, you know, you, you know, if you're, if you're a Suns fan, you're thinking, okay, try to get to the rim more. And uh, because... New Orleans was living in the paint. I was with Zion. And so it wasn't like New Orleans got hot from three until the second half. So if you're, if, if you're, you know, then you're looking at the game, like, okay, they're only down two at the half. So it's like, all right, well, they may be thinking, oh, well, look, we didn't make threes. Got to keep shooting them because we're right there. And then it got to the point where you're not making threes and then you're giving up uh, easy buckets and then they're hitting threes. And then you look up and you're down 20. Yeah. Well, you, you look and it's like, it, it might sound kind of wonky, but I think part of the the trickle-down effect that you see in games like that, kind of like you're, you're, you're getting at with what you were saying is there's there's part of it too with regard to getting into the paint and, and just even better yet, getting to the free throw line that can allow you to kind of control the pace of the game. And I think that's one of the things that gets under underestimated about teams that are really reliant on on threes is first of all uh, you're gonna make you're gonna miss more of them and and that's just how the math works. The an efficient three point shooter is making just over a third. An efficient two point shooter is making more than half. So you know you're not forcing teams to play out of a, you know a made shot from you as often. And then at the same time, three point rebounds go all over the place. And so the 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 structure of the game starts to disintegrate a little bit i think and so you're you you just kind of lose control i think when you're missing a lot of threes and then you don't have a backup plan or you don't have something to balance that out yes the suns got to the free throw line 20 times last night but uh, as i said in my recap like four of those were from damian jones in his six garbage time minutes four of those were from nader who only played 13 minutes it was really just Devin Booker, who was able to do that consistently, and he had some nice stretches in the second half as a scorer. It just wasn't enough, uh, you know, over the course of the full game or when it really mattered in that fourth quarter, early fourth quarter stretch, he wasn't on the floor. So there are some things that, you know, are, are just going to maybe naturally go against you when you have the, those misses. But what what do we think, what have we seen so far from this season that can be that balance in your mind, Dwayne, when you look at this offense kind of getting back on track and not allowing those those leads to fester into something bigger? Like, how can they they get this offense more balanced in a way where they're not so reliant on those shots going in? Well, you you know, you want you would want Aiden to, to, to take more shots in the paint and, you know, to, to sort of counter 
to give you that 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 balance that you you're talking about and then you know i haven't noticed this i thought last year there was a lot of a lot more uh backdoor a lot more cutting mm-hmm. a lot more that was creating you know attempts at the rim because they were they were getting back doors and they were getting cuts I, it doesn't seem like i'm not seeing as much of that as, as as they did last year and i don't know you know whether that element is just out of the offense or not uh, not highly uh, injected because of their because they're standing around the perimeter swinging the ball and then somebody gets a three out of it so uh, not not as much cutting uh, you know than, than what we saw last last season so you know, yeah they, i pulled they, it up they te- almost 10 percent of their possessions their scoring possessions last year were uh, cuts this year it's around six so that's not a ton but nobody cuts as like you know half their offense so that little that little difference makes a, a big impact I think for sure yeah because you're not you know that, that that creates getting to the line you know the, you know because you can get in that penalty faster and and that's been the issue when you're playing strictly perimeter and then Aiden's not you know isn't consistent at forcing the issue you know sometimes when you look at the games that Aiden has played and you know, they're like, well, he only got to the line, you know, three times or four times, which he should be getting to the line more. Everyone knows that. But when he's drawing fouls early, then that gets him in the bonus. Like if he runs the floor and the center, you know, stops him from getting the layup or, you know, if he's inside and you're like, oh, well, he didn't get to the line. But no, he drew a foul. And so that's part of what's missing, too, is that when he's not drawing fouls, then who can other than Devin? So, you know, it's like you need more guys to be able to create that contact to draw fouls. And, and right now, really, it's, it's it's two guys. Chris can Chris can manufacture them just because of his, his wits. Yeah. But it's not like he's doing that, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, consistently having to do that. So, you know, it's, it's on Aiden and Booker because the other guys, uh, they're straight line drivers and the teams can kind of, you know, play off of them a little bit and force them to take tough shots at the rim. I think it's coming for Mikhail too. It's just not there yet. He's made a lot of comments about how he's getting used to being in that type of a role again. And then obviously the adjustment of, yes, we we know he did it at Villanova and he can dip back into some of that, but doing it at the NBA level is is probably an entirely different sort of proposition. Um, but you, yeah, you, you see how they miss Oubre a little bit with regard to that stuff, just his physicality, like he's not an elite scorer, but he can get to the basket, finish, draw contact, and and do some of that just to balance you out a little bit, the cuts you were talking about. But even Ricky Rubio, like Rubio shot one free throw for every three field goal attempts, and, and Chris Paul's taking one free throw for every like four and a half uh, field goal attempts. So, you know, even, and that's where he's been. He's really just been that type of player ever since he, yeah, pretty much came to the Clippers. So he's not somebody you can expect to do that. He doesn't really shoot at the rim at all. So it's it's not a problem that's like inherently solvable here, but I do think uh, Aiton is probably the biggest factor, and I want to dive into him right after this. I would say Sharich, though, too. You know, him coming back, he's another guy who can drive, who can post up, who can just get the ball inside and create scoring opportunities. So we'll have to see how how his return um, impacts things. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about him a little to close things out, but let's dive into Aiton right after this break. The best betting day of the year is right around the corner, which means football season is wrapping up. Yes, it is the Super Bowl on Sunday, but that's 
not all that's going on. You have NBA every single day, NHL every single day, college basketball, golf, and baseball's not too far away either. I think spring training tickets just went on sale if you are living in the Valley. There's only one place that has you covered for each and every one, and only that one place that we trust here on the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. I've given you guys some prop bets this week. I've given you guys some NBA lines. I gave you the MVP voting odds uh, a while ago when Jokic was trailing the pack. He's surged. That's not very good money anymore. But keep an eye on baseball stuff. I've been telling you, ride those Padres. Looks like the Mets might be making more moves. Everything you need is on Bet Online. Futures, game stuff, uh, fun prop bets, it's all right there. You could you could literally spend days just finding bets, let alone the fun of winning them. So don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. And don't forget that promo code locked on. All one word, the name of our network to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. All right, back here with Dwayne Rankin of the Arizona Republic and AZ Central Sports, the Suns beat writer. It's crazy, Dwayne. I was thinking you've been here. This is your third season, right? Yeah. Yeah. That feels it's been a wild three years, hasn't it? Uh yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking about that because I was talking, uh, I don't remember who I was talking to, but it's been about three your your first year was when I really started to like come uh cover stuff as well. It's it definitely does not feel like it's been three years, but um it also coincides, I guess, nicely there. Nice segue with DeAndre Ayton's career. Uh this right. is his third season. And we've gotten to see him from start to finish or start to where he is now, uh, not finishing anytime soon. But what if, what do you, big picture with Aiton, before we get into some of the semantics of, of what might need to happen here, but big picture, when you look at his stats, like you just pull up the big box score stats, points, rebounds, assists, blocks, whatever it is, it does, it, it feels like he's impacting the game less than he did last season. Do you think that's fair? Do you think the numbers are telling the right story there? What have you made of his season uh, so far? He's he's been able to at times, uh, but okay, the narrative hasn't changed. We know his talent. We know his ability. We know he's had stretches of dominant play. I mean, you know, I know a lot's been made of how he's playing because of you know, Chris and, and Devin, you know, has been on him and, you know, Aiden is enjoying this, but he has stretches like that as a rookie. He has stretches like that last season where he just put up numbers. And so, so, so him putting up numbers is not, it's something that he can, that he's done over stretches. It's just, can you do it consistently? Can you play at this, at a level uh, where, like you say, the force, physicality, the energy, can you do that? Because when he does that, He's going to impact the game whether he scores 12 or 20. When he doesn't do that, then he's giving up layups. Then he's he's not defending the rim like he can. Then he's not finishing at the rim. Then he's not uh, he looks lost in the offense. And so uh, you know, when he's not locked in, it's so noticeable because he it looks like he's you know in a fog at times. And and so but that's not anything new. So 
I don't I don't see anything different in terms of the narrative. What 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 may be different is he's now he's he's now a better defender for longer stretches of time. You know, he's able to impact the game on that end and um, for longer stretches of time. Like, you know, it's just defense on Zion. Uh, you know, coach talked about last night well, maybe he should have played him more more even more on Zion, but then that would have left whoever on Steven Adams. Uh, you know, me personally, I'm looking at that. I'll take my chances on Steven Adams. <laughs> That's how I felt too. <laughs> going for going for 30, then Zion. Yeah, let's let's Steven Adams uh, post me up 50 right. times, and, and we'll lose that way if we need to. Yeah, yeah. If Adams has a flashback and goes for big numbers, uh, you know, okay. Well, I can live with that, but I'm not going to live with Zion continually. But because that was so, it was so interesting. Aiden was that you know was right there. You know, he didn't. Bite on anything. He just waiting and waiting, and then Zion tried to go around him. And he, you know, he contested the shot and forced a miss. And I thought there was a block, but I don't think they credited him for a block. Uh, only one play in the fourth quarter, but uh, you know, he, he, he. So you see stuff like that, and you're like, oh wow. But then you're like, okay, well, he's he's always had these quick feet. You know, he's always been able to, to guard on the perimeter. Yeah. So uh, he's better. I, I think in terms of as a, as a as a player, but as far as impacting the game, uh, you know, sometimes you know I've said it before about Aiden. You know, he he can be a tease. You know, you can watch four or five games, and you're like, wow, and then he has one of those where you're like, what's going on? You know, where is he tonight? And so that 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 consistent part, um, if he can ever find it. You got something special on your hands, but if he can't, then you're just going to continue to have these games where he's in, he's off and then he's on, and it's and it's become so noticeable because the Suns, if Aiden is playing at the level he can play at, uh, they don't have nine losses. You know, you know, yeah. I don't know how many they have. But they don't have nine. Uh, you know, they're much higher up than what they are right now. So uh, he, he he he's not Devin, he's not Chris, but he's a huge part of what happens with this team. I think it's fair to say the Suns probably feel pretty similarly to what you just laid out there in terms of needing just more consistency out of him. And, and to your point, it doesn't mean that he needs to score 20 a night or uh, any necessarily like a, a benchmark in terms of his his what numbers he puts up. It's that consistency of aggressiveness and everything we've 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 known about him this whole time. Monty says it frequently. The the players, you know. I think it's just the narrative around this guy right now at this point is that, yeah, you watch him enough and you'll be wowed and then you'll be very kind of confused other nights. So with all that said, we we heard from ESPN's Dave Pash a while ago right. about, you know, he's quote, they looked at trading him last summer um, and it didn't work out was what he said. And, you know, I think Pash... You know he lives here. He's he's covered the Cardinals forever. He yeah. does. He's he's doing games from Phoenix right now uh, because they're not traveling. So uh, not necessarily a consistent Suns newsbreaker. So I, I think I haven't really talked about this story. And you you coming on is a good opportunity to do so, even though it was a couple weeks ago now. Um, yeah. What did you make of hearing that? Did that line up with anything else that you had had heard or thought in the past? Like where is there a chance that this guy isn't uh, a a lock to be part of the future of this team? Well, it, it's, you know, when I, when I heard it, uh, you know, I, I went through my head the same thing you just laid out as far as, 
you know, Pash lives here, uh, covers Cardinals games, people talk, and then like his his ear, you know, his ear can he can can pick it up. So, you know, you're wondering when last summer, that's been, that's been my thing. Like, okay, was it before the bubble, after the bubble? Uh, I was thinking 2019 because they weren't allowed to make trades before the bubble. Right. So I, so I, so it must I'm have been to, 2019 then. Yeah. So I'm just trying to figure out when, when this, when this, when this went down. Cause he, yeah. he made, he said, it, it, I thought he said last summer. So that's why I was like, what is he talking yeah. about? So. Uh, that would be if it's last summer. Then you know, is are we, when 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 are we when are we really talking about when yeah. this happened? I guess is where I'm at with it. But uh, you know, I haven't heard any. I haven't you know, I reached out and you know, haven't heard anything anything to that degree as far as you know, looking and doing is two entirely different things. So uh, I'm not discrediting what Dave knows or has heard or been told. I'm just saying that that that. You know, looking at something that's that's a lot of you know that can that can, that can go a number of ways um, mm-hmm. in terms of, of of what you would do with a player. But uh, you know, I, okay, what well, what was coming in return? You know, because if I'm if I'm trading him, I'm getting something back that that's similar to him in terms of a big, and I'm getting a pick, and I'm getting I'm getting other stuff that can help my team. Uh, move forward if if I'm Phoenix in, in a situation like that, uh, you know he, he's someone that he, he isn't going to live. They're not he's not going to live down. You know it's not his fault, but the Luca thing is not going anywhere. So, so he's not going to be able. To, so he, you know that that's just something that's going to be in the air forever. I was on the phone with a, a fan yesterday, and he was just like, "We should have drafted Luca." And I'm just like, you know, the Suns have beaten Dallas six straight times. You know, it's like. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, okay, I, I get it, but you know, you do know that you know when they've matched up that you know Aiden's team that they've gotten the better of, of Lucas' team. So, well, um, my thing is, my thing on it is when you're talking about yeah, what are you getting in return? Obviously, that's the question, right? And it's like, you know, we we had the whole Carl Anthony Towns right uh, conversation a while back. I don't, you know, I think the the calculus on that has changed not only because of Cats injury history but just you know I, I'm not sure he's proven himself to be the the player we maybe thought he was when he entered the league or, or even when he signed that second contract so maybe it's not a guy like that anymore but generally speaking what's funny to me is when you think about what the Suns might need if they were ever to ma- you know ma- change what this this core was going to look like is they need a player exactly pretty much like DeAndre Ayton right it's like you know they have three wing players who are really good and and fit together nicely and fit what they're trying to do on offense and defense they have two you know all-star all nba caliber guards now you know we'll see what happens with chris paul there's a you know maybe one thing would be the next point guard i guess could be something you might say if you were trading deandre and is get the the younger point guard we we want um but other than that it's like well then you get down the list and it's like well they need a dominant defensive big man who can play and pick and roll and and impact the game from the interior. And well, ideally that's what DeAndre Ayton becomes. So that's where I kind of get tied up is, well, what are you getting that's better than him when he's sort of the, the guy you need in a lot of ways? Maybe you're changing the way you play though. If you take, if, if you get a, a big that's got more uh, versatility in terms of offensive, and that's a, there's an offensive mm-hmm. ability. But that, and that's the thing about Ayton is like, you're watching him and you're going, okay, he can do more. 
think he can do more yeah. on offense, but then you're not seeing it. You know, they're like, okay, well, we want him to be, you know, we want him to be a dominant player in the paint, but then, okay, he's working on his three and he's working on his ball handling. Okay. Well, what, what, what is the plan? I mean, I'm more into what is the plan with this guy in terms of moving forward? Because Chris, you know, we're talking, you know, he's got two years left on a deal with a player option. That, look, Chris Paul says he doesn't think he can retire because of the, you know, he was joking. I don't know if he was joking, but he was talking about how you know, the emotions of the game and the high you get in winning. But hey, 37 year old Chris Paul, I think, I, I, I think, I think that's a retirement number. So you got two more years of this. Then you got to be thinking about, okay, where are you going? You know, what's, well, where's Devin at in all this? You know, is Devin reaching the point where if you're not winning like he wants, what, you know, what is he thinking? Okay, you got Mikhail, Cam, you, know, you got all these other pieces that are going to be, you know, okay, what do you do with them in terms of long term? And then what are you doing with Aiden? Like, what, what is the plan with this guy? I, I'm, I'm, I'm still stuck on that because if if the plan is he's going to be an intricate part of your team then you got to make some changes in this offense. If the plan is he's just going to just be another piece and you can go get that somewhere else, you know, you can get that with another player. Uh, so I, I don't know what, what, what the plan is because it seems to me it was let's, let's expand his game. Oh no, let's let him just be in the paint. Oh, let's expand it. Oh no, let's put him in the paint. So it's a lot of, I don't know what they're doing with him, to be honest with you. So, so that to me is a bigger issue than whether you're going to trade him or not. What is the plan with the guy moving forward? Yeah, definitely fair point. And and to your point as well, you know, we haven't even talked about the fact that this guy could is eligible at the very least for a contract extension after this season, right. which right. clearly complicates everything. And yes, I agree with you completely in terms of where his value's at now. I also agree that he can get a lot better and increase that value, but you're getting into a situation where you're going to pay him for having been the number one pick right. more than anything. And that's where you start to get into problems. The, the Minnesota Timberwolves and Andrew Wiggins will will tell you all about what, what can come when you're paying a guy for what you thought he was three years ago rather than than what he is. So, you know, this the rest of the season will tell us a lot about all of those answers. Um, so... We could talk about Aiden all day, but let's pivot to uh, let's. I mean, at least I I could. Yeah, I'm he, sure you he, could too. I could too. I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a very he's a fascinating. He's fascinating on multiple levels, just about what he does and how he approaches the game and what he says yeah. and and how you're watching sometimes and you're like, where is it? You know, like like you know, one of the things that and just really quick, one thing I always talk about all the time is in the paint, you know, he doesn't have that edge to him to just go finish over the top of somebody that's that's right there in front of him. Like, like Porzingis blocked the shot. And don't get me wrong, Porzingis is 7-3, and they're like, they're like he can't jump. But, you know, another, you know, other guys would have found a way to just power through yeah. Porzingis yeah. or make him just wish he'd never tried to block a shot again. And Aiden doesn't have that, that, that edge in the paint where he finishes strongly at the rim, say like a Stoudemire or someone that explosiveness, like, like you see it when he goes to get a lob, a lob, 
but you don't see mm-hmm. it in when it comes to hitting some, banging into somebody and then going up and just powering through a person to draw the foul. And those are moments when you're like, where is it? Like what's stopping him from just, you know, Arr! you know? Yeah. Well, what's funny too, is you, you said about him defending Zion last night and you see the strength and athleticism he has in those situations. Right. And, and, and that just makes it all the more confusing, uh, you know, where it is, like you said. Um, and we had an interesting story from ESPN, Brian Windhorst this week too, with some, some more comments when, you know, Aiton, says some some interesting things as well but yeah let's let's pivot though to um what is on the horizon namely Dario Saric's return and just you know where where we see this thing going and whether it can turn around after you know two good wins but overall for about a month now some basically 500 basketball we'll do that right after this a couple more great sponsors to tell you guys about including Built Bar the best tasting protein bar ever and it lives up to that billing. Delicious, chocolate-covered, chewy inside. You have had bad ones before. We all have. Chalky, big bricks that you just hate to eat. They don't taste good. They don't do what you hope that they will do, and they just sit there in your stomach, and you probably don't eat the rest of the box. Well, none of that is true of Bilt Bar. They have six delicious new flavors, like my favorite, Caramel Brownie, I enjoyed the lemon almond cheesecake as well, but they also have their 12 original classics, including the delicious peanut butter. I also tried the banana bread recently, which was a nice mix-up. So they have fruit flavors, chocolate flavors, nut, whatever you are into, you can find something you love on Bilt Bar, and all of them are delicious. Bilt Bar is great for anyone trying to lose or maintain weight, or maybe just a health-conscious person. You like to know what you put into your body. Bilt Bars are low-calorie, and low sugar, but again, of course, high on the protein that you need to get you between meals, to pick you up after a workout, get you ready for your workout, whatever it is, Built Bar can be the answer, and as I've told you a hundred times, they are delicious. Most importantly, they taste good. You want to eat them. They're not something you feel like you have to choke down to eat right or do what some influencer has told you to do. Eat them. You will like them, and they do what they are supposed to do. Go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order. Again, promo code Locked On at checkout for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Also want to tell you about Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's pretty much impossible these days to stock all the parts that you need for your car in a traditional chain storefront. We've all searched the aisles dug through those humongous, intimidating books that they sometimes have. So why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning those big books at a traditional storefront? You only choose the brand that that they have, or you end up with something you're overpaying for, or you're wondering if you even got the right thing. You're supposed to be saving money, so why spend up to 100% more for the same exact auto part that you could get there when you can go to rockauto.com? Chain stores, again, have those different price tiers for pros versus do-it-yourselfers in addition to the intimidating process, whereas Rock Auto offers every day the lowest price available rather than what the market is going to give them or how they can make the most money. RockAuto.com is for everybody, and it doesn't even require a membership. The Rock Auto 
catalog is unique and easy to navigate. You can quickly see everything available for your car or truck and choose the brand, spec, and price that you prefer. You can get everything from a lamp, tail lamp, and motor oil to even a new carpet. Best of all, once again, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for pros and do-it-yourselfers. So don't spend twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com right now, buy what you need, and put locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices and all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com okay closing out the show here with Dwayne Rankin of of the Arizona Republic AZ Central Sports the Suns beat writer over there and talking uh, about Sharich's return it it seems Dwayne like he's going to be back Friday um what do you think Dario Saric adds to this team that maybe they don't have right now who, you know, played so well in the bubble, but really haven't seen him much at all this season. Uh, what are your expectations for his return? See, 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 I, I, I I'm wondering now my, my thoughts are, what are they going to do with Kaminsky now? Because, uh, you know, he's saying that, you know, he'll help, uh, you know, Monty's saying that Sarge will help Crowder, you know, with his return. Because now you're thinking, okay, we'll be the backup five. All right, so what does that do with for for Kaminsky? Does that, you know, does that make him, uh, is he back to to not, you know, not getting a lot of minutes? I mean, he's been playing well. So it's like, what, what, what do you do with him now? You know, Monty's always said, you know, you're going to play so many guys. So what, what, what's the rotation? I'm curious to see that because I believe Sarge, uh, you know, he, he's 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 a he's a better player than than Kaminsky. Uh, he he's more physical, obviously. Uh, he's more aggressive in terms of uh, battling inside with guys. You know, you just can't. You know, not not that Kaminsky doesn't compete, but I think Sarge, you know, is able to battle. Uh, you know, he's stronger and he's, he's tough, better, you know, he's around tougher, the rim defensively. Stronger yeah. the whole bit. Yeah. Right, right. He's a more physical guy, more physical guy. So I see that, you know, he, and he can stretch the floor by shooting threes. He likes to shoot them from the corner. That's where he's been sort of getting the shot corner or top of the key. So I'm curious to see how the offense flows with him out there as opposed to, as opposed to Kaminsky, that he can come in for Aiden and give Aiden a rest and maybe you can play for longer stretches, but Guy hasn't played in nine games, so what's you know it, you know you know the quote is that he's ramping up, but I mean I don't I don't you know he didn't you know he was out early right and then he came back and then now he's out again and so where is his legs where is his uh, wind you know where where is all that going to be I mean are you are you you know you expect him to just jump right in and make like he didn't miss all his time. I just don't see that happening. I mean, he's a he's a very good player. But I just don't see him transitioning that quickly. So it's going to take some time to figure out what he is and what he can do. Um, you know, at this point, but uh, he'll definitely welcome back. Uh, I mean, no doubt about that. I mean, you you're adding someone that, like you say, played well in the bubble, and not just that, but uh, you know, Dario is he's just a really good player. You know, he just he really is, and he's able to do things that you know other guys simply can't do. And so, uh, so, so they they definitely need him. I thought last night was a perfect example because if you put him in, maybe you can have match him up on Adams and feel better about that. Even though Adams has still has a size advantage over him, 
but at least Dario is going to push him and be tough with him and be physical as opposed to Kaminsky. So that's why they ended up putting Aiden back on Adams when they yeah. brought Adams and back in and then that Kaminsky yeah. on Zion. Maybe then you would have those, you'd have Zion, you'd have Dario and Aiden in the game together and then they could combat Zion sure. and Steven Adams better. So, so, so that's that's the versatility that that Sarich brings that 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 Kaminsky doesn't in terms of physicality. I think, yeah, and guys just love playing with Dario too. I think you know Monty calls him the connector. We've heard that before about him and Frank. I think Dario's just a little better at it, mostly because he can create his own shot too. Where you know Kaminsky can do those dribble handoffs, he can find guys cutting like he did in that game. He nearly got a triple double in. But the added part that Sarich brings is he's also able to you know, fake that dribble handoff and drive into the lane or, you know, when there's a mismatch, if a team tries to switch on the pick and roll, you give him the ball in the post, he's going to do something with it in a way that that Frank's really, you know, shown us for several years now. He's not going to probably be able to do that. So uh, there's a lot of ways. I think it, you know, we talk about the rotation. To me, they were at their best when I don't think it's a coincidence that losing the continuity in the rotation also hurt them, not just the guys being out, but specifically um, Dario for the reasons we just talked about, and then also campaign. And so you, you, I think a lot of it goes, some of those offensive problems we talked about don't go away, but get alleviated with Payne being the guy who can get the ball downhill, get into the paint, drive and kick. He's a pretty good finisher. He's especially for relying so much on craft more so than athleticism. He just has so many little flips and layups that are uh, rare, <laughs> even even for uh, NBA players. So right. that, to me, is the, the last missing piece here. What's your read on how far away he is? Because it seems like he basically re-injured the same right foot, ankle area that he initially missed time for. Right, right. I think, I, I think he's going to be out. I would think he's going to be out longer because they want to, you know, rest him up. And, and you know, Monty seems to be happy with what Etwan uh, brings in terms of running the offense. You see, what gets, sometimes gets lost with, with, with Monty Williams is that, you know, you think about his, his, his coaching influences, that would be Popovich and, and, and Doc. And what do those two guys have in common? They play vets. They like playing older guys that know what to do, that know how to, quote, play, know how to run it the right way, run it their way. And so, you know, you have situations where he'll play, you know, he's playing Etuan now. He's happy with it because Etuan, in his mind, gets him into the offense when he's out there and it's not like, you know, all, you know, can be out of whack. So, you know, when you're looking at, at – at pain, you know, pain is out for a longer period of time, you know, and, you know, Monty is comfortable with what each one is doing, then maybe that delays the rush to get him back. I mean, if that, but Monty basically said that, hey, look, we need to let this thing heal so he can get over it. To me, that, 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 that signaled, okay, he's going to be out longer than maybe what he would have been in a, in a diff, diff, different circumstance. So he likes having veteran, guys out there you can you can just tell you know when he talks about those guys he likes having them out there even with Crowder and Cam they'll play Crowder at the end of games even when I even when I'm sitting there thinking well Cam's a better shooter maybe you need him out you need him out there because you have Devin you need him out there to spread the floor 
Cam's a better shooter than, than Jay, but he'll play Jay because Jay's a veteran with the experience. So, well, except for you last know, night, you see an <laughs> Jay got 13 yeah, minutes for yeah, whatever yeah. reason. That was really confusing, but you're right. Yeah. Right. That, that was, but I looked up, you know, I was just checking out the game and we watching it and, because a lot has been made, and I'm, I'm sure you saw it too, you know, on, on social media, Twitter, you know, on, okay, how come Crowder didn't defend Zion? Well, I, I saw, I went back and watched every Zion bucket. Well, two times he went right around Crowder. You know, one time on a post, he caught in the middle of the paint, spun left, layup. Next time he's bringing the ball up, sizes up Crowder, goes around him with the right hand, finishes with the left. And it's like, look, man, if I'm a coach and I see that, I'm rethinking the whole idea <laughs> of him guarding Zion. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Cam was struggling with it too. Uh, you know, every I mean, they he all missed three were. shots. I mean, yeah, every everyone <laughs> struggled. Two shots. One. Yeah, yeah. Aiden was the only one that had any kind of success. Everyone else, it was like God when they were switching. I had Nader on him one time. I'm like Jesus Christ. Somebody, please get over there to help. Poor you know, Dooley, help him yeah. Out and, yeah, and then uh, uh, not only poor Dooley, poor Galloway. He had him one time, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, like, like you know that whole shift defense that Monty was talking about. I could see what he was talking about, and I'm like, yeah, no one's over there to to, to help out. Uh, but it, it was it was, you know. But again, he likes playing veteran guys, I believe. And so, therefore, you know, I think some that's that's part of maybe why it'll stick with Etwan for yeah. now over Javon. Uh, I think Javon will get back in the rotation because I think you know at some point, if you're giving up 123 points in New Orleans, and if those numbers stay that way and they're giving up big numbers, then Imani will go back to the guy he knows that can defend. Uh, so, uh, so he it's it, it's and I, I'll ask you this, you know. We the whole going into the season was about depth, right? Okay, they got all this depth. They got all they got an upgraded roster. Uh, how do you think the depth has played, considering the injuries and what they've looked like? Because you can have a bunch of guys, but how they fit with each other and how that works? Because we're 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 in the we're in the uh, reactionary business. Sure, you know we <clears throat> yeah. see some a couple games. Oh, that looks great. They one get one game they lose. Oh man, what are they doing? So if you take all that emotional react out of it, how would you assess how the how the, how the, how the depth has looked uh, with this team? I think back to the stretch like I was talking about when they started. What was it? Five and two, six and two, and the rotation they had then felt really good with Payne playing with Booker a lot, and then Carter would play with Paul a lot. And they were able to to make it work because they need a, another ball handler or they want another ball handler when Booker's out there. And with Paul, you can afford to play Carter because the problem with him is his decision-making sometimes when he gets the ball in his hands holds him back where Paul, you know, no one else is getting the ball in their hands. So that worked and I think maximized kind of what the depth was when Charge came back. Obviously, we know what he can do. We talked about that. That was when I think they were at their best. I'll say pain to me has been way better than I expected when he was healthy the first stretch before the injury, not those games when he came back and wasn't right, but early on. And then uh, I think more has been a lot 
less impactful than I thought he would be one of the first guys off the bench from the jump. Um, you know, he had the bad preseason, wasn't making shots, still isn't really making shots all that much. You know, he's really just like the kind of the the rondo of the team, like doing little more than than getting the offense set, you know, probably not as good as Rondo, but that type of player at this point, like he's not doing much else. So he's been more disappointing than I thought. And so when you kind of add it all up, yeah, I think I thought depth would be more of a strength for them. And then you even like they got Kaminsky added to that afterward and, and he's still he's been a good option to have, but then you see like Denver just takes advantage of him when he's out there late. And so yeah. I don't know. I think a lot of it, Monty's favorite word, consistency. Like I think when they had that eight man or so rotation with Carter, Payne, and Sharich, real and and Cam basically being the only guys off the bench, that was that was working really well. But as they as they've had to dip into more of the ninth, tenth, eleventh guys, uh, maybe that's true of every team, but it's really hurt them. Yeah, yeah. I mean Galloway. Uh, has obviously, uh, you know, he, the fans, the fans love the guy. anybody can, anybody can make threes, uh, and and fans, one threes, fans, right, right. Fan fans are all over that. anybody can make threes. I, but I, I, I do, I do think he's been a, a solid addition. Yeah, but it, that's it fair. I forgot him. It, it, but it is interesting to see just how he, how he, sometimes comes in, and then about five minutes later he goes, he comes out. So it's like okay. It's almost like, you know, you you how how patient is is uh, is, is Monty with him? All right, well let, let, let's 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 let him get about eight minutes in. Let's see how he plays. And then it's like, nah, I've seen enough. You know, maybe gives up a maybe gives up a bucket or two. And and uh, it, it's it's this is this is the beauty of of a team that's trying to get there. It's like, you know, it's like. I thought last year they had no margin of error. If they played, they had to play their best ball to win. If they didn't, there's a good chance they're going to lose. I think this year they have more of a margin for error, mm-hmm. but not much more. And so, you know, how they, you know, responded, they responded to getting losses, they responded to losing games and some some grit. But, uh, you know, then, then you see last night and you're just like, this got out of hand in a hurry. Like you looked up, it was it was over. Like like it, it was it was it was just just a matter of. You know, I know New Orleans was hit starting to hit, starting to hit threes, but uh, you know if if you give up fifteen points to Zion in the first quarter, and you're only down two at the half, you gotta think. Well, okay, because they only ended up with obviously thirteen in the last three. So yeah. okay. You know, you got to be happy with that. But then when Brandon Ingram just get into the rim whenever he wants, and I'm, I'm sorry, New Orleans, some of the plays they were making last night, thrown into the traffic, I'm like, what are they seeing and I'm not seeing? Like, I'm not, I'm just watching it on television and they're turning the ball over. What, a, what, what did the guard see that I didn't see? There's two people standing there. You try to throw a pass through them. Yeah. So, so it wasn't like they played perfect, but – you know, they they were able to obviously, you know, play downhill. And then once they got it going with the hitting threes, if Lonzo's going to hit, I guess it was four out of seven, then, you know, you got to live with that because, you know, you know that the games he's not going to hit like After that. After he's been as cold as he's been, yeah. Right, right. You got to live with that. If, if he's hitting them, okay. You know what? It was just his night. But 
uh, like I said, we we you know we can be prisoners of the moment, and I, I keep saying that right now. I think Phoenix is sixth in the West, and I, I keep saying they're they're probably where they're supposed to be right now. And so uh, whether whether they stay there, move up, move down, uh, we'll, we'll see. Obviously, this homestand is going to be huge in determining that. But uh, but yeah, it, it's a a very interesting team to watch. I get, I get my phone. I get, I get calls from guys I haven't heard from in years, and they're like, "Hey man, I saw the Suns on TV." <laughs> <laughs> and they're the like, "They're TV. like, you, you got to break this down for me. What am I yeah, watching right, 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 right. right. now?" Yeah. I see. What, what are they doing, man? What is that? You know, why did they do? Why did they do that? I'm like, but they've been doing that for a <laughs> while. Like, you know, you just haven't seen them because they haven't been on national television. Yeah. So. Uh, very interesting team, though. It's a very yeah. interesting team to cover. No question about that. That's funny. Yeah, I agree. I mean, in a league that's just about every team seems to be hovering around 500 outside of a few outliers on either side, they're they're not in bad company right now, and they're still on track to achieve most of the goals that they set for themselves. So all things considered, yeah, not, not a sky is falling moment. We'll have to see. They do get some... Some easier matchups, teams like Detroit and Cleveland at home that they should be able to take advantage of. We'll see if they do. That'll close us out for this week. You can follow him at Dwayne Rankin on Twitter. You can read him at azcentral.com slash sports. All the Suns coverage every single day from Dwayne. And uh, we will be back with you guys on Monday recapping some of these home games against the Eastern Conference. Have a great weekend, everyone.